0: This is The Daily Disquisition, where we talk about current affairs, politics, and the economy. My name is Courtney Bester, and I will be your host for today. And today we're asking the question, Is there a madman in the Kremlin? So, is there a madman in the Kremlin? Uh, The madman we are referring to, of course, is Russian President Vladimir Putin. And many feel that he is indeed a madman. But before we get to the discussion on whether or not Vladimir Putin is a madman, let's just remind ourselves how we got to this point. Russia has been making threats against Ukraine for quite some time uh, and has amassed uh, a huge amount of troops in the region of 170,000 to 119,000 against the Ukraine border. Now, on Monday, the 21st of February, Uh, President Putin recognized the independence of two breakaway regions, being Donetsk and Luhansk, which are in eastern Ukraine and has been under the control of Russia-backed militia since 2014. Now, only hours after Mr. Putin's declaration of independence for these two regions, uh, thousands of Russian troops went into this disputed area. Then on Tuesday, the 22nd of February, uh, the Russian Parliament gave a rubber stamp to uh, Putin's decision to send uh, the troops into that disputed area. And as a result, uh, the president of uh, Ukraine, Mr. Zelensky, announced that he was calling up the country's military reserve. Uh, But he didn't order a general mobilization because he hoped to resolve the crisis uh, through talks with Russia. This hope of Mr. Zelensky did not materialize and then on Wednesday the 23rd of February uh, Ukraine ordered uh, or warned its citizens to leave Russia immediately amid rising tensions. Then on Thursday the 24th of February Russia launched a full-scale attack on Ukraine. Uh, It attacked from various sides, from the north from Belarus, uh, from the east from Russia itself and from the south, from the annexed area or the annexed region of Crimea. Now remember, Crimea was illegally annexed into Russia a couple of years ago. The condemnation from the world was pretty severe and pretty immediate. Sanctions were opposed from all across Europe, as well as the United States, as well as various other countries. Only time will tell whether or not these sanctions will have any effect on Russia. However, what is clear is that no amount of sanctions can have any immediate effect. But let's get back to the question on whether or not Vladimir Putin is a madman and why we are asking the question of whether or not he is a madman. The Merriam-Webster diary defines a madman as a man who is or acts as if he is insane. It further defines insanity as unsoundness of mind or lacking mental capacity. So why are we attributing this to Vladimir Putin? Well, on Sunday the 27th of February, Putin ordered the Russian defense minister as well as the chief of the military's general staff to put the nuclear deterrent of Russia on a special regime of combat duty. This means that Putin has placed his entire nuclear arsenal to be combat ready. Now, this needs to to send shockwaves throughout the world. And the question needs to be asked, why is Putin doing this? There has been no provocation. He has attacked uh, Ukraine uh, unilaterally. There was no provocation from Ukraine. Ukraine is not a nuclear power. And Ukraine poses no threat to Russia. Therefore, for Putin to put his entire nuclear arsenal at a combat-ready status as a result of this is unprecedented and speaks of the actions of a man that borders on insanity. To put this further into context, one needs to look at how many nuclear weapons russia actually have as of 2022 russia has a total of 4477 nuclear weapons of these a total of 1185 are mounted on intercontinental ballistic missiles considering what happened at hiroshima and nagasaki And considering that those nuclear bombs were fairly low powered compared to what is available today, it's only a madman like Putin that will take a decision to put his entire nuclear arsenal of over 4,000 nuclear weapons at a combat ready status without any provocation and without anyone threatening Russia at a nuclear level. Now, once again, the Voices from all over the world in condemnation of Putin's actions are pretty severe and pretty unanimous. But it's not totally unanimous. And it is surprising to me that there seems to be some support from a surprising source for what Vladimir Putin is doing. I want you to listen to an interview that Trey Gowdy did with Colonel Douglas McGregor on a Sunday night show called Sunday Night in America. Now, Trey Gowdy, as you may know, is a former congressman uh, from the United States Congress. And it was quite surprising to me after I listened to it on how Colonel McGregor reacted to some of Trey Gowdy's questions. So listen in where Trey Gowdy starts by asking Colonel McGregor what his opinion is on why Vladimir Putin is doing what he is doing and what his end game is. Let's listen to Colonel McGregor's response.
1: <clears throat> well, Vladimir Putin is carrying through on something that he's been warning us about at least for the last 15 years which is that he will not tolerate U.S. forces or their missiles on his borders, much as we would not tolerate Russian troops and missiles in Cuba. And we ignored him, and he finally acted. He was not going to allow Ukraine under any circumstances to join NATO.
0: Now, I must say, I'm pretty surprised at Colonel McGregor's reaction here. Uh, Since when does the United States care what Vladimir Putin will allow and not allow? That's first of all, and then secondly, why does Vladimir Putin have a say on who joins NATO and who doesn't? Let's listen further to what Colonel McGregor had to say.
1: What's happened now is that the battle in Eastern Ukraine is really almost over. All the Ukrainian troops there have been largely surrounded and cut off. You have a concentration down in the Southeast of 30 to 40,000 of them. And if they don't surrender within the next 24 hours, I suspect that the Russians will ultimately annihilate them. That's why Zelensky is meeting with uh, Putin's representatives right now. The game is over. And uh, he's going to have to negotiate the best deal he can get. And we've already told him, the President of the United States has, that if he opts for neutrality for Ukraine, we'll back him. And I think that Vladimir Putin will do that for Western Ukraine that is, the Ukraine beyond the the Dnieper River. But behind it in the east where he is now, I'm not sure what he has planned there, whether he forms another republic, annexes it into Russia, because historically it has been Russian. But the territory west of Ukraine is not. He knows that and he's happy to live with that as a neutral state.
0: Once again, Colonel McGregor's comments are perplexing. Why should Ukraine accept to be a neutral state? And Ukraine is a democratic country. It's got a democratically elected government. It may not be the perfect democracy, but it certainly is a better democracy than the one in Russia. The Russian democracy is a farce. Uh, Putin is a dictator, and he has manipulated his so-called democracy to put himself in power for life. And there is no reason why... Ukraine should just accept what Russia tells him to do and say, well, you know, that's fine. You take part of our country and and we'll keep the other part. And by the way, we will stay neutral. There is no way that any democratically elected country uh, will accept something like that. And certainly uh, the United States will not if a situation like that is imposed on them. So why does Colonel McGregor state that Ukraine should just accept that? Let's listen to the following important point being made by Trey Gowdy in a submission to uh, Colonel McGregor and then Colonel McGregor's response there too.
1: I am not a military expert. I'm not even an expert on geography, but if he takes Ukraine and Ukraine abuts Poland, then he's going to have a NATO country Abutting him. So if that's what he doesn't want, then isn't he going to just have to keep going until he runs out of NATO countries? I guess I should say it again. Uh, he has no interest in crossing the west, the Djemper and heading west to the Polish border. Uh, I think you're going to find from these negotiations he's quite willing to neutralize that territory on the Austrian or the Finnish model. Right now, Russia already touches Estonia and part of Latvia. White Russia, of course, touches uh, Lithuania. Uh, He's not interested in going to war with us and he has an army that's too small for that purpose. And he knows it. his economy is smaller than that of uh, South Korea's.
0: Let's just pause for a moment and think about what Colonel McGregor has just said. Remember in the beginning of the interview, he said that Putin will not tolerate US forces or their weapons on his border. Now, the United States is a member of NATO. So is Estonia and so is Latvia. So if his problem is with having uh, US forces or US weapons or by inference NATO forces or NATO weapons on his border, what will happen if those forces or weapons are put on the borders between either Estonia and Russia or Latvia and Russia or both. Putin's argument as voiced by Colonel McGregor therefore therefore falls flat as it remains the imperative of the NATO member states of where weapons and troops are placed. The further point made by Colonel McGregor that uh, the size of Putin's army is much smaller than the size of a NATO force, as well as that the size of the Russia economy is smaller than that of South Korea, begs the question, why is the world and why is NATO accepting what Putin is doing in Ukraine at this point in time? Does the world really want to wait for another Hitler situation Does the world really think that Putin will stop after he's done with Ukraine? To think so would be outrageous. But let's listen further to Colonel McGregor.
1: So this is not something that he's looking for. We are imputing to him things that he does not want to do in our usual effort to demonize him and his country. We need to remember that Ukraine is fourth from the bottom of 158 countries in the world as corrupt Russia is perhaps three or four places above them. This is not the liberal democracy, the shining example that everyone says it is. Far from it. Mr. Zelensky has jailed journalists and his political opposition. I think we need to stay out of it. The American people think we should stay out of it. The Europeans think we should stay out of it. And we should stop shipping weapons and encouraging Ukrainians to die in what is a hopeless endeavor.
0: Once again, one cannot agree with what Colonel McGregor is saying here. Uh, Vladimir Putin is a demon. By his actions, he has proven that he is a demon. Only a demon, only a dictator will attack an innocent country unprovoked. Only a demon will be fine with killing possibly thousands of innocent people. Only a demon suppresses the will of free people and usurps the power for himself. With respect to Colonel McGregor's comments about uh, the corruptness of Ukraine and that they are right at the bottom of corrupt countries, once again, that is not correct. According to worldpopulationreview.com, who has conducted a study on the most corrupt countries in the world and has issued a list of the corruptness of countries with an amount of... 175 countries on that list, with New Zealand being the less corrupt or the least corrupt and Somalia being the most corrupt at number 175, Uh, it should be noted that the Ukraine features at number 118 at a corruptness score of 33 and Russia features at number 130 at a corruptness score of 30. With the lower the score, the more corrupt you are. To put that further into context, a country like South Africa features at number 72, with a corruptness score of 44. And a country like the United States features at number 26, with a corruptness score of 67. Let's listen to the final part of Colonel McGregor's comments.
1: I SEE NO REASON WHY WE SHOULD FIGHT WITH THE RUSSIANS OVER SOMETHING THAT THEY HAVE BEEN TALKING ABOUT FOR YEARS. WE SIMPLY CHOSE TO IGNORE IT. AND MORE IMPORTANT, THE POPULATION THERE IS INDISTINGUISHABLE FROM THEIR OWN. YOU KNOW, THE THING THAT'S SO DISTURBING IS THAT ON THE ONE HAND, WE WILL NOT SEND OUR FORCES TO FIGHT, BUT WE ARE URGING UKRAINIANS TO DIE POINTLESSLY IN A FIGHT THEY CAN'T WIN. WE'RE GOING TO CREATE A FAR WORSE HUMANITARIAN DISASTER THAN ANYTHING YOU'VE SEEN THUS FAR IF IT DOESN'T STOP.
0: Colonel McGregor, I must say I am shocked at your comments. To say that the Ukrainians are dying pointlessly, they are dying for their country. They are dying for freedom. Freedom, liberty, that's something that the United States was founded upon. That's something that thousands of people in the United States died for. It is shocking that somebody like you can say that citizens of another country fighting for their own freedom are fighting a hopeless cause and that you are not supporting them in that cause. Now I must say that I don't know Colonel McGregor. I'm sure that he is a stand-up guy. I'm sure that he served his country well during his time in the military but he should be a beacon of hope or he should represent at least a beacon of hope. That beacon of hope being the liberty that the United States of America is standing for and for somebody like him to make the comments like he's making is very very disappointing and in my mind it begs the question who is he speaking for? It almost sounds that he is speaking for Vladimir Putin, that he is beating Putin's horn, that he is supporting Putin's actions. I sincerely hope that that is not the case and that somebody like himself will change his attitude and change his comments on this going forward. So, do we have a madman in the Kremlin? I certainly hope not. I hope that Kulets will prevail and that Vladimir Putin will see the error of his ways and change his course. But I further hope that if he doesn't, that the world will act swiftly and decisively and stop him dead in his tracks. To the brave citizens of Ukraine who is fighting this war and who may be listening to this podcast, you are in our thoughts and in our prayers. Stay strong, you will endure. To President Zelensky, the images of you battle ready and in the trenches are an example to all of your people and they are proud of you. We wish you all the best with the hard road ahead and we trust that you will be victorious. Thank you for joining us here at The Daily Disquisition. Remember, you can find us at your favorite podcast platform, be that Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, as well as at anchor.fm. Follow us on Twitter, Getter, and Instagram at Day Disquisition. Just once more, Day Disquisition. And remember to look at the show notes for any further information. My name is Corne Bester, and I look forward to joining you in our next episode. Goodbye.